0: Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark.
1: Lana and Clark hang. Shazam taps out. Tim and Stephanie together again. Adam Strange goes caving. Orville meet Death Star. Willow joins a cult. Who exactly is Shakespeare? And industry news. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, September thirteenth, 2020. I'm Mark.
2: And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to our website, sfpodcastnetwork.com, to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs or can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review somewhere.
1: You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Superman number 25 by Bendis, Race, Ferreira, Mickey, and Sinclair. An extra-sized anniversary issue, which tells you how often comics are reset to number one when a number 25 of a bi-weekly series is considered an anniversary. We get two storylines interweaved in the issue.
2: First off, Sinmar. Sinmar. There's an alien race that apparently predates even the Guardians of the Universe who are only concerned with their own safety. They scan the multiverse looking for potential threats and watch as Krypton explodes and the rocket goes off to Earth. After a debate, they agree to let the ship reach its destination then see what happens. Concerns that the Kryptonian will become a tyrant appear to be abated. However, they start asking themselves if they need their own Superman and use their combined resources to make a warrior called Sinmar. He stops a Thanagarian invasion and creates a utopia on their planet, but wonders why he was really created. He goes off to fight battles, realizes he's just a weapon, and when he returns, he finds the civilization in ruins. One of the last survivors creaks out, You should have been our Superman. What's the Superman? Cue the supervillain origin story based on a misunderstanding.
1: Second story, Lana Lang returns. We start with a flashback to Smallville High, where Clark asks Lana to the school dance. She puts him in the friend zone, saying she's with Brad, a reference to Superman the movie. Years later, Lana gets a job at the Daily Star, not a newspaper anymore, but a TV show, as a science correspondent. A Superman battle is raging outside the building, and Lana and Clark recognize each other. Cut to today. Lana has an assignment to interview Clark about his decision to go public, and they have a chat in his apartment. Lois is off on assignment. Another flashback takes us to the short period where Lana was Superwoman and had her own comic. Now, there was something I just read online during that same comic, and the reason she became Superwoman was that Lois had died. So, So does she remember that Lois died in the new continuity, or is that just smoothed over? This has given her a unique appreciation for what heroes do. At one point, he rushes off to stop a fire, giving her a chance to go through some photos and maybe consider the road not taken. She asks Clark what keeps him up at night, the unknown. Well, the unknown is on its way.
2: Shazam number 14 by Johns, Collins, Eaglesham, and Atia. The long-delayed and rescheduled title skids to a halt after a short run. It's hard to keep any momentum when issues come out several months apart. Since Johns was clearly told to wrap it up, he throws a year of action at you with much of it happening off the page. He spends three precious pages bringing us back up to speed. Billy's dad was given Marvel powers but is controlled by Mr. Mind. He and the Monster Society of Evil are battling the Marvel family. Oh, and Superboy Prime is there as well? Billy has used magic to go into his dad's ear to duke it out with Mr. Mind. After a heated battle, Billy knocks the speaker that Mind uses to speak his spell, and his dad is released. Black Adam arrives, and he and Cap team up to stop Superboy Prime. Black Adam reverts to his ancient self after saying the magic word, but Billy gives him part of his power to survive. Unfortunately, Dad's personality reverts to what it was before, a deadbeat dad who walks away.
1: The last few pages indicate what might have been if Johns had actually gotten this out on time. Sivana is sent to a new penitentiary for magic villains. I don't see that ever going wrong. Superboy Prime is handed off to the League, and I guess they do something with him. Tani joins the family. The Wizard has disappeared. The Marvel family return to the Magic Lands, despite Black Adam's warning to avoid them, where they team up with... Alice and Dorothy in the Wazunderlands to stop the Tin People the Ghost Patrol in the Darklands to defeat Dracula, the Games Master in the Game Lands to rescue the Atari Force, an early 80s DC callback. This all happens in three thought balloons. We end up with the whole family sitting around at the Rock of Eternity deciding what to get on their pizza. Who delivers to the Rock of Eternity? Just a shame it had to be slammed down like this.
2: And just as an aside, Mark, Black Adam was there. In the final scene. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. So, apparently, the eventuality was to bring Black Adam back into the Marvel family fold as a good guy. I guess. Young Justice, number 18, from Wonder Comics by Bendis, Walker, Goodleski, Uming, and Eltyab. This is a bit of a departure for the series, as it concentrates on two members of the team, Spoiler and Robin, ooh, I mean Drake, after a splash page of them smooching, cut to spoiler fighting some goons in Central City with Drake coming in to meet her. She's on the hunt for her father, the Clue Master. Someone else is also on the hunt. Latum. She's forced to stop him from killing his henchman. Dad responds by sending goons after her. Cut to Clue Master explaining to a henchman that he just wants his daughter to leave him alone. We also learn there's a lot of bureaucracy running a criminal enterprise. Cut to shots of various. Young Justice members getting a call. Drake thinks they need some help, but Spoiler wants to do this on their own. Well, maybe Drake can assist. They find the Cluemaster's hideout, and Stephanie beats the crap out of him, only stopped by Connor. The team has arrived. They take him off to prison, and Tim congratulates her for taking down her father. Cut to a later moment. Tim is back to being Robin. Apparently, Bruce and Stephanie made him do it. Cassie arrives as they are eating lunch. My grandfather, Zeus, has gone mad! Next issue, Gods and Monsters. Too bad Young Justice is about to wrap up.
1: Strange Adventures number 5 of 12 from DC Black Label by King Gerard's and Shaner. We begin in a flashback. Adam, Alana, and the Helotat member go to the Rockmen to get their help on Ron. It doesn't go well for the Helotat. Back on Earth, Adam tells Alana that the JLA is not supposed to talk to him now. He knows this because Booster called him to find out why. He literally wanted to talk to me about why he wasn't allowed to talk to me. Alana sees an update on her phone. A drone kills three in Gotham, and it's from the Pict. In the flashback, Adam and Alana are sent to a cave while the Rockmen deliberate. She explains to him that they won't be there for a day. They'll be there for a month. Back to Earth, where Adam, Alana, and John Jones are grilled on Capitol Hill about the attack drone. John says the League has it under control and they are appeased until Alana jumps in. Bull. She tells them they are not ready for what is coming.
2: Back to the flashback to the cave where the duo eat a rat they catch while reminiscing over old times. Then back to Earth where Alana is met on a Capitol balcony by a presidential assistant. Not stated, but pretty clearly Trump. He's ready to create a task force with the League reporting to them. Oh, and Adam would lead the task force. Back in the cave, they manage to find scant water, then make love. Back on Earth, Alana and Adam have a chat. It's clear by this point she's in charge here. Back on Ron, the couple come out of the cave, and Alana says they can either help them, or they will do it on their own and come back and kill all of them. Back on Earth, Adam is at a press conference discussing his relationship with the League, and where is Alana? Meeting with Mr. Terrific, back from Ron. Back on Ron, the various tribes have united to fight the picked threat, with Adam, Alana, and their daughter looking on. The actual battle is going to be bloody and visceral. Mark? Yes? Is Alana just setting up the picked attack on Earth? I think she is.
1: I believe she is, yes. Okay. The Oroville Launch Day, one of two from Dark Horse by Goodman, Cabeza, and Etier. The two-parter stories told in the middle of Fox slash Hulu's Sci-Fi Series Continuity Continue, written by the exec producer of the series. We begin 20 years ago with Gordon and Mercer as ensigns on a science vessel. How old are they supposed to be in the the current series if they were ensigns 20 years earlier?
2: Well, that uh, would put them in their late 30s.
1: Or 40s. Yeah. (laughs) You know. I
2: mean, you could be an ensign at 18, theoretically. I
1: suppose. The Alabar race has decided to leave the Planetary Union under mysterious circumstances, and one of their race is stationed on the ship, so he's returning home. Back to the Orville, where Captain Ed Mercer is dealing with eight Krill ships about to enter Union space. He gets them to agree to come to the Orville to learn of their mission. It's to attack the Alabar, who have a massive weapon and are about to use it. Ed asks them to give some time to investigate all this, there's been no communication with the Alabar since they left the Union, and Admiral Zawa negotiates a two-day investigation period. Claire gives Ed and Kelly an Alabarian makeover so they can sneak onto the planet with Gordon piloting the shuttle, since he piloted the shuttle 20 years ago, and so he's the only human that's actually been there.
2: Bordis is put in charge and told not to start a fight if possible. Meanwhile, the Crow plan to take out the Orville if... They don't let them attack. We get an interlude with Bortus' family. His partner suggests they just let the krill attack, of course. Why are Bordus and Clyde in a couple? On Alibar, Ed and K- Kelly learn they need to register since they are visitors. It's clear the planet has gone downhill since they left the Union. No food synthesizers, there's a military crackdown, and everyone is excited about launch day. An announcement is made on public view screens. Their president that was put in power 20 years ago to create a better life for them all, and once launch day occurs, the Outsiders undermining their success will no longer be an issue. Meanwhile, Gordon and Malloy find the Thing throwing off all the radiation, why the Krill found out about it, and it appears to be Death Starry.
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Willow, number three from Boom Studios by Tamaki, Bustos, and Bruni. Willow awakes after her night at the party in the woods, only to find a far more friendly town than she had previously seen with a lot more people. She goes to see Alera and asks her in a roundabout way, Is this a cult? Alera replies that cults take power so they can feel powerful. They don't take power in this case because they are already powerful. They touch hands at a tree and Willow feels this rush of power making plants bloom. Suddenly, Alara is in Willow's mind, who is thinking of Xander. I gave him a piece of my soul, and he gave it back. Is that why I feel lost? Is that why nothing feels right? Why I feel like I'm always a spinning top that's about to stop spinning, and that's not an Inception reference? You're not lost. And I thought Inception was all right, if limited in scope. Alara tells Willow that fate has brought her there, and it's where she belongs. Willow goes for a walk, only to realize that no birds come into the town. There's some sort of bird border. A group of witches ask if she's lost, and then kind of forcefully ask if she needs help finding her way. Something is going on here, and she's going to find out what it is. Just a well-written story with wonderful artwork.
2: The Dreaming, Waking Hours Number 2 from D.C. Black Label by Wilson Robles and Lopez. Lindy continues to work on exiting the dream with all of the Shakespeare's, while Ruin the Nightmare works to reverse everything. Lindy learns that Sheikh Zubar's ship capsized while trying to escape the Inquisition, and the officers at Dover heard Shakespeare when he gave his name. Ruin and the Jafiel are off to find help, and Ruin admits that this all happened because he fell in love with a boy he was supposed to terrify in a dream instead. They meet with Heather, a sorceress teaching cheat code spells via live stream. Bruin tells his tale of woe, created by mistake, and Dream told him to do his job as best he could. Jafial tries to teach him the job, being a nightmare, but when he meets the boy, he gives him beautiful dreams instead. When Bruin tried to fix it, it became terrifying. He left the dreaming to find the boy and brought us to this point. Heather regretfully agrees to help. We learn she's the great-granddaughter of Roderick Burgess, the man who imprisoned Dream and kicked off the whole Sandman series, so she has some unique info that should help. She also tells them that they are in much bigger trouble than they think. Speaking of Dreams, he decides to interrogate the Nightmares in order to find out who escaped, bringing Lucien along for the ride. The Nightmares try to terrify Dream, which of course doesn't work, I want to know who among you has aided the escape and why. And if I am told lies, my anger will not be easily slaked. Back to Lindy, who realizes how she can escape, figure out once and for all, who was Shakespeare. Wilson does a great job channeling Gaiman's characters.
1: Well, we've had a number of news headlines since the last episode. First off, the rumors are true Wonder Woman 84 will be pushed back yet again the lack of open theaters and people willing to take a chance at attending those that are along with the fact that the Amazon's film would cut off potential box office for Warner brothers, other film out now Tenet is really the cause of all this. The new date is Christmas day. After he replied to rumors in June that he was leaving the Superman titles, Brian Michael Bendis said not to worry about it and that it was so far away. Well, for the record, Too far away is December. With Young Justice about to go and no word about the rest of Wonder Comics, could the Legion of Superheroes title also be in trouble? Batman Beyond, in its sixth iteration, joins the long list of canceled DC titles post-implosion.
2: The now-junked Generations reboot event whatever that Dan DiDio shepherded will now appear, maybe as a one-shot called Generations Shattered, appropriate, in December. The 1939 Batman will lead an eclectic team of heroes. Speaking of Batman, Detective Comics number 1027th, the 1000th issue with Batman in it, technically the 1001st issue, but whatever, will include a Generation story. Speaking of events, The next one is Endless Winter. Here's the teaser. 1,000 years ago, a disparate group of heroes, Hippolyta, Black Adam, Swamp Thing, and the Viking Prince banded together to prevent the world from freezing at the hands of the Frost King, an exiled Norse god with the ability to control entire ecosystems. The heroes triumphed, but victory came at a terrible price, one that has been kept secret until now. And we will finally get the Batman Catwoman miniseries spinning out of Tom King's truncated Batman run in December.
1: The new Senior VP General Manager of DC Comics is Daniel Cherry, who has some fortunate initials. He was the Chief Marketing Officer for Activision Blizzard Esports and branding advertising before that. He will head up... Business affairs, editorial, talent services, marketing, sales, brand, and direct to consumer for DC and oversee business development. This supposedly frees up Jim Lee to handle the overall DC brand, which makes Jim Lee sound more like a figurehead at this point. A quick perusal of the second DC fandom event, which happened on Saturday. Much of it was prepackaged stuff from DVD extras along with some actual panels. The upcoming CW's Superman and Lois series will be based in Smallville after the couple moved their family back from Metropolis. By the way, their kids are fraternal twins, which ends the rumor that one of them is an adopted Damian Wayne so they could set up the Super Sons. During the event, Jim Lee tweeted that an announcement would be made regarding the DC Universe streaming site this next week. Based on earlier info from Lee, it's believed DCU will pivot away from streaming to concentrate on digital comics and being a social site. It's hard to justify the cost based solely on that, though. However, we did get to watch the new Superman Man of Tomorrow animated movie while that was running.
2: Yay!
0: AnnouncerBot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614 321 That's 614 321 sfp Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.